The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Gemara Yevamot. Masechet Yevamot has been dedicated and sponsored by our dear friend, Mr. Isaac Jamal and his wife in honor of his uh, family and Hatzlacha Varvacha Bechol Maaseyadav may be zocheh to raise his children in the ways of the Torah, they should give him much nahat, he should have many more children with health and happiness, and he should have berachah bakol mikol kol, him and his entire family, amen. Just a note of interest, as we study Masechet Yebamot, many of the cases need diagrams, we have chosen the Sefer Siurim Le Masechet Yebamot as our uh, book for the diagrams written by Aaron Shalomo Berabi Baruch Moshe Hafner available in the bookstore so we refer to pages we are using uh, that sefer Daf Chav Dalad today's Daf is being studied on the Nishmat of Ram bin Esther Ruach Hashem Tanihana Began Eden Amen we begin today's Daf on Chav Dalad Amud Nishon right at the Mishnah and the Mishnah reads, Mitzvah begadol liyabim. There's a mitzvah that the oldest brother makes yibum. Ve'im kadama katan zakha. However, if the one of the smaller brothers uh, jumped ahead and made the yibum, zakha. It is his privilege. Comes the Gemara. Tanu Rabbanan. Gemara now is going to be Doresh, a pasuk in Devarim Chafeh. The pasuk says by yibum. I quote you the pasuk. Vehaya bechor asher teled yakum al shem achiv hamet velo yimachesemo b'Yisrael. So the Gemara is going to be Doresh. Vehaya bechor, and it will be the firstborn. Mikan shemitzvah begadol liyabem, which means the Gemara is learning over here. The bechor in this pasuk is referring to one of the brothers. And therefore the Pasuk is telling us that it's a mitzvah and the Bechor to make the Yibum. Asher Teled Prat La Ailonit. This comes to exclude an Ailonit that she does not fall to Yibum. Because since she is not possible, able to be Molid. Ailonit is a lady that <coughs> cannot have children. So therefore she does not fall to Yibum. Asher Teled Prat La Ailonit. She ain't Yakum al Shem Ahiv. So it says he will literally rise <coughs> in the name of his brother. So the Gemara's Doresh this Lenachala, meaning the brother that makes the Yibum now takes the place of the deceased Legaben Nahala. That means the father when he dies, this Yavam not only receives his Helek in the Nahala but also receives the chedek of the deceased brother. Al-Shem Ahiv. When it says, on the name of his brother, which means he takes over his brother's chedek, l'nahala, for inheritance. Ata omel l'nahala, you're learning this pasuk, to teach me dini nahala, o eno el al-Shem. Maybe the explanation of the pasuk is, when it says, al-Shem Ahiv Hamet. Maybe it's teaching me that the child that's born, his name has to be named after the deceased. <coughs> Yosef, if the deceased brother was called Yosef, Korin Oto Yosef. Yohanan, Korin Oto Yohanan. So how do you know when it says Al-Shem, 
Ahiva met, we know that's a reference to the brother that he gets the deen of Nahala. Maybe Al-Shem is talking about the son that has to be named after the deceased. Gemara says, no, we have a Gezra Shava. Neemar kan yakum al-shem ahiv. Neemar nehalan al-shem ahihem yikareu benahalatam. And therefore, we're going to make a Gezra Shava. Ma shem ma'amur nehalan. That was by the children of Yosef, which was talking about nehala. Le nehala. Af shem ma'amur kan. Le nehala. So there were Gezra Shava, shem shem. And therefore, we're <coughs> learning it that the brother who is the Yavam, takes the place of the uh, deceased in the Chelek of the Nahala. Comes <coughs> Gemara continues the Derashah of the Pasuk. Velo And his name, meaning the deceased, his name should not be blotted out. Which means the Matzvav Yibum is to perpetuate his memory. Prat le Saris. That comes to exclude a Saris, that's somebody that cannot have children. Shishmo Mahoi. And therefore if the brother that was originally married was a Saris and he dies, <coughs> there's no mitzvah yibum. Why? Because he was already mahoy already. So you only make yibum in a case where he had an ability to procreate, but he couldn't. So therefore you have to continue what he wasn't able to do. But if he wasn't able to do it himself because he was a Saris, so he does not fall to yibum. Prat le Saris. Shishmo mahoy. Amar Rava. Afalgav de bechol Torah kula. Even though we have a rule in the whole Torah that the pshat of the pasuk always remains, even after we give the rashop and pesukim, but we always go back to the pshat. Hacha here atay gezeras shava. The gezeras shava comes along afikte mipashte legamre. It removes it from the pshat in totality. Which means, now that I'm learning that the brother fills the place of the deceased for Nahala, I'm taking out of the pshat that's got nothing to do, you have to name the child after the deceased. Which means when it says, Al-Shem, Al-Shem Ahivamit, Yakum Al-Shem Ahivamit, it means the brother will stand in place of the deceased for Nahala, but do not learn it that the child will be named Al-Shem. Right, do not learn it like that. So the Gebra says, V'ilav gezerah shava. And if you didn't have a gezerah shava, Hava amina shem shem mamash? What I have thought that the shem in that pasuk means the actual name, that the deceased name was Yosef, you have to name the child Yosef. Would I think that even? Without a gezerah shava, Leman kamizhar rahmana. How would you learn the Pasuk? Who is the Torah commanding this law? The Yavam? Is he commanding the Yavam that he has to name his son after the deceased? The Pasuk then should say, Yakum al-Shem Ahicha. The Torah is talking to the Yavam, the Pasuk should say, Ahicha, you have to name the child after your brother. Mifail, it should say. Ile Bedina, and if it was talking to the Bedin, meaning it's Bedin's responsibility, so the Pasuk should say, Yakum al-Shem Ahi Abiv. Mifail. So then the Pasuk Betin is talking, right? So Betin should say that the name of the child should be after the father's brother. So it's not talking to the Adam, but it has to give the information. So the Gibra says, no. Maybe the Torah is telling Betin, You Betin, you go tell the Yavam, Yakum al Shem Ahiv. That the child should be named after his brother. So therefore the word Ahiv fits in. 
Because we're talking to Betin, we're saying, Betin, your obligation is to go tell the Yavam that the Shem should be Al Shem Achiv, of his brother. So that would have been the Pshat. And therefore I could have said it's going on the name. That's why the Gezerah Shavah comes along and removes this pshat that I would have thought it's going on. There's an obligation to tell the Yavam to name the child after the deceased. No, it's only talking about that the brother fills the place of the deceased. There's no pshat. This pshat is out. But now that you explaining me that when it's said in the Pasuk Bechor, Bechor is referring to one of the brothers, it's not referring to the child. It's referring to the brother, which means there was a half, I mean, to think that maybe Bechor is talking about the child, but you have to name the child after the deceased the same name. No, now we're learning that when it says Bechor, Bechor means one of the brothers. Oh, but it says Bechor. So it says maybe, Ema Bechor Liyibum. Pashut lo liyabim. Maybe I'll tell you Hadush here. Maybe only a Bechor makes Yibum, but other brothers that are not Bechor, maybe they do not make Yibum, because the Pasuk really says Vaya Bechor. So really what the Gemara now is going to do is try to analyze, must be there's a special deen by Bechor legabe Yibum. So the Gemara is going to try to exercise different possibilities to see what, what is special about the Bechor. That's why the Torah chose that language. So the Gemara is thinking in its inception. Maybe the deen of Bechor is special in the sense that only he makes Yibum, the Bechor, but no other Brothers, now we're going to read the Rashi simultaneously with this uh, give and take. So let's get Rashi now. Dibura Matkil. Emma Bechor. Davka Kaamar Kra. Aval Pashut. But another brother, Loli Yabem Legamre. At all. Ben Ika Bechor, Ben Neka Bechor. Whether there's a first point or not. The law of the Yibum was only given to the firstborn. Kabbalah is impossible. In Ken, we have a case of Eshet Ahiv That's a brother that was born after his brother died. And therefore, this fellow is exempted from the mitzvah of Yibum. But you need to exempt him. Implying what? That if he was around. When his brother died, he'd be eligible, even though he's not the Bechor. So you see clearly over here that Beyubum is not only said for Bechorot, other brothers are eligible. Rashi, Imken, the Pashut, Lav Bar Yibum, if you tell me that a regular brother is not Bar Yibum, Lama Lid Dimi'ut Rahmana Eshetahim Shiloya Be'olamo. What did you have to exempt Eshetahim Shiloya Be'olamo? Tipuk Lemishum de la Bechoru. Just say simple, he's not a Bechor. Zeshulab Nahamita Tahif. You don't have to come along and say, Shiloya uh, Be'olamon, this all. Bottom line, he's not a Bechor. Ella, you see what? That Yibum is subject not only to Bechor, but it's also subject to other brothers. So the Gemara goes a different way. Parikh Rab Acha. Acha continues and says, he asks a question. I'll tell you, maybe really we go back to that premise that Yibum only applies to the Bechor. And this over here that you have a mi'ut, it's also talking about a bechor, but from the mother. When it said, Eshet Achiv Shiloya Be'olamo, it's talking about a brother that is a bechor. He just wasn't around at the time that his brother died. But if he was, he'd be subject, because indeed he is a bechor. 
Bechor from the mother. So the Gebura says, You can't say that. Because you know the whole mitzvah of Yibum, the Torah links it to the law of inheritance. Which means the Nahala comes from the brothers, from the father, not from the mother. So therefore you cannot say over here that the Torah is coming to say that if you have a brother from the mother, he'll be subject to Yibum. Brother from the mother is not subject to Nahala, therefore there's no Hadamina. Then we must be talking about a regular brother. And then you see regular brothers also subject to the Mitzvah of Yibum. So the Gemara goes another way. Ve'ema, <clears throat> maybe I'll say, Ki'ika Bechor Titkayim Mitzvah Yibum. Which means, I'll tell you, when there's a Bechor around, then the Mitzvah of Yibum is done. Kileka Bechor, Mitzvah But maybe when there's no Bechor, there's no Yibum at all. Which means, I agree, Yibum can be done by other brothers. Like we have the Pasuk, by Eshet Ha'im Shlo Yavu Alamo. But I'll say, that's only in a case where there was a Bechor. So where there's a Bechor, so then other brothers can also participate in the Yibum. But if there's no Bechor, then those other brothers cannot participate at all. Kemal says, can't be. Amar kera umet ehad men. Classic case of Yibum, you have two brothers, Ruven and Shimon. One of them died. Milo askinan demet Bechor. Aren't we talking about a case, or possibly talking about a case where the Bechor died, let's say the Uven died. Ve'amar liyabim katan. And the Pasuk is saying what? Even though there's no Bechor around anymore, Shem'od the Katan makes Yibum. So therefore again you see what? You see that even uh, in a case where there's no Bechor, the Katan still can make Yibum. Who said? Ve'ema demit Katan. Maybe the case is talking about where Shem'on died. Where the Katan died. Ve'ama liyabem Bechor. And the Pasuk is saying that... Reuven, the Bechor, has to make the Yibu. So therefore you see it, back to the question again. Maybe only when there's a uh, Bechor, so then the other brothers can fall into place. But if there's no Bechor, maybe the other brothers cannot make Yibu at all. So Gibran says, impossible. Now the case of Eshet Tachim Shloya Ba'olamo was written in the context with his two brothers. Now, if there's two brothers that were alive and then one died, so then we know the case. We just discussed that case. Or we said the case of two brothers, meaning he was around, and then after he died, then another brother was born. Now, in that case over there, it's clear that when that brother was born, there was no Bechor, because Reuven the Bechor had to die. And then what are you saying? The only reason why he doesn't make Yibum is because he was Shiloh Yabu'lamo. But if he was Be'olamo, he would. And therefore you, we have rejected that last line of reasoning, that even in a case where there's no Bechor, still the other brothers are subject, are able to make Yibum. So that's, that's not the specialty of Bechor. So the Gemara says, fine, but we have a different line of reasoning. Ve'ema, maybe we'll say like this. Kileka Bechor... Kadam katan zakha. Maybe I'll tell you this. When there's no bechor, then if let's say one of the smaller brothers went and did the uh, yibum, I'll say he's okay. However, vi'ika bechor. But if there is a bechor, kadam katan lo zakha. Maybe the Hadush of Bechor, because we're, we're trying to find what makes the Bechor special that the Torah used the word Bechor. He must have a specialty. Maybe the specialty is when there's a Bechor, and another one of the younger brothers jumped the gun. Not valid, because there's a Bechor. Kamarah says, no. Amar kira ki yeshivu ahim yahdav. 
By Yibum it talks about the brothers being together. Hukshat Yeshivat Achim Zelazeh. Which means the brothers are all equal. Which means we're not going to say that the Bechor, he can make it if he's around, and if the other brothers jump the gun, that they're not, it's not valid. No, Hukshat Achim. The brothers are equal in this sense. That whoever makes the Yibum, Yibum is going to be valid. So we're back to the question, what makes the Bechor special? It says, Ve'ema, maybe we'll say it like this, Ki'ika Bechor, maybe I'll say it like this, if there is a Bechor, Lihadar Agadol. Then let's say, there's the Bechor. Let's say the Bechor refuses, he don't want to make the Yibum. So you go down the line, you go to the other brothers, like we said, and let's say they don't want to do it, so then the deen's going to be, you got to go back to the Bechor, and you have to force him, he has to do it. So I'll say like this, when there is a Bechor, that you have to go after the Gadol. And therefore the Bechor. But maybe I'll say when there's no Bechor, then you don't have to go after the oldest. Which means, if none of them want to do it, you can't force the oldest to do it. So that's the... Hiddush of Bechor. Bechor being the firstborn, if nobody wants to do it, he gets forced. Mashi'inkin, if there's no Bechor, the Gadol, the oldest, is not forced. Maybe that's the difference. Kebola says, Alamma Tane, that cannot be. Because then why do we have the following Tanaic statement? Abaye Kashisha, the name of Abaye Kashisha. Mitzvah Begadol Yabim. There's a Mitzvah for the Gadol to make Yibum. If he doesn't want, So then you go to the next one in line, his younger brother, who's older than the other brothers. Meaning he's younger than the Gadol, but he's older than the other brothers. And if he doesn't want, they go back to the Gadol. Now we can explain that this Gadol over here means a Bechor, let's say. But the point is, what does it say? That if he doesn't want to do it, you go to the next in line. So what do you see over here? That even in a case where there is a Bechor, there is Hashivut to the Gadol. The next in line, because he is still Gadol over the other brothers. So once already you see that there's a Hashivut to the Gadol, so therefore I can argue and say, in a case where there's no Bechor at all, still you have to give Hashivut to the Gadol. So in this case over here, look at the line of Ibum. It starts from the Gadol. The Gadol doesn't want it, so you give it to the next one. Mm. The language of the Gemara is, Etzil Ahiva Katan. Which means he's the next Gadol. And therefore, why don't you just give it to any of the brothers? And you see, no, there's a, there's a hierarchy. The Gadol does have a certain Hashivut, the older one. And therefore, in a case where there's no Bechon, I'll tell you, maybe the older one still has a Hashivut, and he has to go, uh, go first. See, now she brings the refutation... Uh, from the, the words because he's learning he's younger but he's still older than the other ones mm. so you see that the older one does have a certain uh, precedence over here he doesn't want to bring it to the ayah from mitzvah begadol he doesn't want to bring it from hozim etzel gadol because this gadol can mean a bechor so therefore you wouldn't have a ra'ya to that. But for the fact, you see, even when there's a bechor around, if the bechor doesn't want to do it, you give it to the next gadol around, that shows you the gadol, the older one, has hashibut. So therefore, I'll tell you, even if there's no bechor, you have to give it to the older one, the older one has hashibut. And the Gibraltar does say that. Ke bechor. Indeed, the gadol, the older, has a deal of a bechor. Ma bechor bechorato garmalo. Just like the bechor gave him first option, because he's the 
firstborn, af gadol gedulato garbalo. So too, a gadol, an older one, his gedulah is gorem that what? He goes first. So therefore, we're back to the question. In what way is the Bechor special that the Torah used that language? The Pasuk slaves by Bechor Asher Yakum, Asher Teled. What do you mean the Bechor? The Chaurat is not the Bechor and a Gadol. In all the cases so far, they're equal. It's not the Ema Kimiyabem Bechor Lishkol Nahala. Uh, maybe this is the difference. Only when the Bechor makes the Yibum, he gets the Nahala of his brother. Kimiyabem Pashut Lol Lishkol Nahala. But when the regular brother does it, not the Bechor, he can make you move, but he doesn't get the Nahala. Kabbalah says, can't be, Amar Kira, Yakum Al Shem Achiv. Varekam. Pasuk says, he will take the place of his brother. Who cares who it is? Bottom line, the brother that fills the shoes of the deceased, he takes his place. And therefore takes his place in Nahala. We don't make a difference between Bechor and Gadol. Kabbalah says, Ve'ela Bechor de Karyel Rahmana Lema'il Chetah. So then what did the Torah write the word Bechor for? If there's practically no difference between a Bechor and a Gadol, what are you writing Bechor for? We exhausted every possibility to try to find a difference. We don't find a difference. Kemalah says, The halakha over here is coming to minimize the power of the Yavam when he takes the place of his brother. And we're going to say that he has a status like a firstborn. A general firstborn. What's the deen of a firstborn? So the Gemara says, Ma bechor, just like a regular firstborn, who normally gets a double portion of the nachalah of his father, eno notel beraui kebemuchzak. There's two laws in Yerusha. When the father uh, has assets, they're his assets. That's called raui. Those are the assets that he has at the time that he dies. Those assets are split equally amongst the brothers, and the Bechor gets twice. Gets a double share of the father's assets. But the father also has Ra'ui. He has assets that are coming to him from his father. He's from the grandfather of the child. There's money also coming. Because the father inherits his father. But that's called Ra'ui. On the stuff that's Ra'ui, that Bechor does not get a double portion. The double portion is only said by the law of Bechor and Muhzak, what the father has at the time that he dies. Not on the stuff that comes from his father. Their older brothers are equal. That's the need of a regular Bechor. Outside the case of Yibum. Stop. You just know when they're making Yerusha, he only gets double on the Muhzak, on what the father has, not on what's anticipated coming to him from his father. Oh, so the Gemara says, Af hai. So too, the Yabam is like a Bechor. In the sense that what? That which we say the Yabam fills the shoes of the deceased, meaning the Gaben Nahala, like a Bechor. That he only receives the share of the brother, what the father had. But he does not receive the deceased's brother's share in the Ra'oi. Which means in the money that's anticipated coming, then already the, bro- the brother, the Adam, receives his own share in that. But he doesn't take a double share from, his de- from the deceased. So therefore the Hadush of the Torah is Bechor. The Adam is like the Bechor. That just like the Bechor's Halek is only in the Ra'ui, sorry, in the Muhzak and not in the Ra'ui, so to the Yabam, yes, he has Halek in the Nahala. 
which part of the Nahala? He gets his part and he gets the deceased's halik, deceased's brother's halik. In which part? In the muhzak part, in the father's assets. However, he doesn't have halik in the ra'ui, just like a bechor. And that's why the Torah wrote the word bechor to limit him, ligri'uta. To limit him, legabedi Yerusha. Comes the next Mishnah. Now we discuss a case over here. Nitran means there's hashad, there's suspicion, there's talk. People are talking that a certain fellow had relations with a shifha. Shifha kena'arit. That's the rumors. Bad rumors. But eventually this shifha became free. Now once she becomes free, she's considered full-fledged Jewish. Or nit'an, meaning on him there was laden rumors again that he went with a goya. Not a shifa, but a regular goya, which is a terrible rumor. And then she converted. We tell this fellow that the rumors were on him, that he was going with her before she converted, even though now she converted, do not marry her. Because, the Gemara is going to say in his final answer, because by him going with her, it substantiates the rumors. Because there was rumors that they were going together. Once already he gets married, people are going to say, see that? We were right that they were going with each other. See that? He ended up getting married. So even though she converts, do not get married because she substantiate the rumor. But if he did get married, he can stay married. Because bottom line, it's not Isur over here. After all, she did convert. Uh, so all he did is feed into a rumor, but it doesn't cause him that we make him uh, get divorced. al ish. However, if there was rumors on a fellow that he went with Eshet Ish, that he went with a married lady, and so much so the rumors, where is the husband of this lady divorced her? You'll see. Now, in this case, if the fellow who the rumors were on him went and married this uh, lady, the deen is Yotzi. And we'll have to see exactly why the difference in this case that we say that has to be Mutsi. Let's read Rashi. Hanitan. Hashud. Kilomar shetu'anin alav devre la'az. Ta'um literally means laden. Which means they're ladening on him, they're burdening on him words of rumors that he did such and such and so on. Lo yisa'inna. We don't want him to marry this convert now. Why? Because now once he marries the lady that converted, people are going to say, see that we were right. See, he married her. That means he was with her already uh, from a while. Even the, let's say they got so far at the Bedin, Mahmad Ba'la. They had to tell the husband he has to divorce her. Because when a person commits adultery, she becomes forbidden to the husband. So Betin told the original husband that he has to divorce. And then this guy went and married her. You'll see. Why? Because we know that a Eshet Ish is Asura not only to her husband, but she's Asura also to the Bo'el. So therefore the deen is Yotzi. Now the Gemara analyzes. Gemara. Hagiyoret miya havya. Gemara says, bottom line, she is considered this lady a convert, mm-hmm. meaning might be we're not allowed to. She, the fellows are not to marry her, but the conversion is considered a 
conversion. So how could that be? Whether a man converted because he wanted to marry a lady. The opposite. A lady converted for a marriage of a man. Or he converted because he wants to sit at the table of kings, which means wasn't l'shem shamayim, which means in order to get riches, to sit at the table of king, so to speak, l'shum avdeh shilomo, or let's say he wants to be part of the uh, servants of shilomo, that they're also very aristocratic and rich, so he wants to be part of that group, enam gerim, that's not considered a gerut l'shem shamayim, devreh rabbi nechamya, shayar rabbi nechamya omer, ehad gereh arayot, whether a person converts because, let's say, he's scared from the lions. Like we have a story with the Kutim. That the lions came and scared them, and therefore they converted out of fear. That's a case where a guy has a dream, and uh, somebody comes to him in a dream and tells him, you got to convert. So he's scared. So he's converting out of fear of the dream. Or the converts, for example, in the times of Mordechai and Esther, where they only converted because the momentum was on the Jewish side. Yeah. And therefore they were only converting because they wanted to be with the successful people. Enam gerim. It's not considered conversion. Until they convert in our times. In the times of the Gebara, the Jewish people were under persecution. So the Gebara says, Bizman Well, only the times of the Gebara, not before. Ela Which means, only in a time like the times of the Tammu, the Jewish people are being persecuted. Then if a person converts, he's not doing it for any glory. He's not doing it for any benefit. He's doing it, L'Shem Shamayim. Oh, so the question then is, how could you tell me that if she converts in this Mishnah, the conversion is a conversion. Gebara says, Don't worry, we have a statement on this. There's another shitav that Abanan that say all these converts we consider them gerim. And therefore Amishnah is going like that, and even if there was a ulterior motive over here, we can assume that what? They're still converted to Shem Shamayim, and it's okay. Now the Gemara over here, this is a very important question now. Kabbalah is saying like this, it has a different understanding of what the Yisud of the Mishnah was. We originally thought, the way the Kabbalah is thinking now, that the reason why we don't want this guy to marry, because the conversion is not a good conversion. And therefore, if the guy's going to marry, now already people are going to say, he married a place that the conversion was not good. It was, the conversion was for marriage. But now that you're telling me that even a conversion for marriage is okay, so let the guy marry. And therefore the Khatayla also, which we thought at this point, that the whole reason why we're not letting him get married, because if he's going to end up getting married, what's going to happen? People are going to say that conversion is not a valid conversion, because it was for marriage. But now that you're telling me it doesn't matter, even if it was converted for marriage, according to the Shita, it's okay. So the Khatayla let the guy stay married. So the Gemara says, no, that's not the reason why we don't want him to get married. Mishum de Rab Aseh, de Amar Rab Aseh, Haser Memecha Ekshut Pe Ulzut Sefatayim. This show over here is, a person has to remove from himself exude pe crookedness of the mouth, uzut sefatayim, and rumors. Meaning, since there was rumors already on this guy that he went with this lady, by getting married, uh, even though let's say the conversion is a conversion, and the marriage is a marriage, the problem is it's going to substantiate the rumor. And then you're giving people a chance to talk now. You say, see that? We were right. He did go with her. And that's the reason, like we learned, when we learned the Mishnah, that's the reason why they do not let him go with this lady, Lechat Tehillah, that is. But again, if he was Kones, 
It's okay. Because I say the conversion was a conversion, and therefore uh, there's no uh, there's no problem. Comes the Gemara and says, Tarabanan em kabedim gerim limot Mashiach. Similarly, at the times of the Mashiach, again, where Ami says going to be on top, we do not accept converts. Joking, right? Similarly, they did not accept converts, not at the time of David, because the time of David he was a warrior, they were winning all the wars, so Amisel also was on top. Nor did they accept converts at the time of Shlomo Amelech, at the time of the Mikdash, Amisel was all its glory. So again, that would be not a Lashem Shamayim conversion. Amar bi Eliezer, me'ekera, how do we know this? So he knows it from a pasuk. Hen gor yagur, the ger, can come and dwell amongst us, efes me'oti. When God says, I am not with the Jewish people. If it's not without me. Which is when Am Yisrael is, so to speak, God is God is, you know, concealing himself. When Am Yisrael is going through hard times, then let the Gerim come. And the one that comes and converts and lives with you, he will rest with you. Which means he will rest with you in Olam which means it will be okay if he converts at the right time. But according to this opinion, other converts that convert for ulterior motives do not have this benefit. Comes the Gemara and continues. So what do we say? Now we got to go back to this case of the Mishnah. We said Anit'an al Eshet Ish, that means there was rumors on this guy that went with Eshet Ish. So what do we say? Uh, he cannot marry this uh, lady subsequently, and if he does, you'll see. So now the Gemara explains. Amar Rav, a very important shitav Rav. Ube'edim. says, this what we're talking about over here is davka be'edim. It has to be witnesses that saw the znut over here. Also, once there's witnesses, now we understand she's eshet ish de'oraita. There's witnesses over here. That therefore, the, the, the first husband is Hayyab bin Atturah to get divorced from this lady, Asurah Baal, And certainly he's not allowed to be with her because there's witnesses, Asurah Lebo'el. Amar Rav Sheshat, so Rav Sheshat says, Amina kinaim v'shachiv Rav, I say that Rav made this statement when he was sleeping. Amar la'ishma'teta. Which means he comes along and says, what are you talking about, Rav? This is what you're talking about? You're saying that the Kishtah is talking about Edim? He must have been sleeping when he said this uh, Shita. And some want to say it's a praise. But even when Rav was sleeping already, he was talking the uh, Torah. In any event, the Tanya, because we have a Braita. The Braita says, Hanit'an al Eshet Ish. You have a fellow, what, that suspected to go with that one with Eshet Ish. Ve'otzi'ua al yado. And the first husband divorced. So he was married, let's say she was married to the Uven, the Uven divorced. She got married to somebody else, to Shimon, and Shimon also divorced her. In Kanas, then if the fellow that was under suspicion married her, lo yotzi. Then already it says, he can stay married. It seems that the Gemara is going to learn from this Braita, that when she gets married to somebody in between, so that breaks the rumor. So therefore the Gemara wants to analyze the case. What's the case over here? If there are witnesses over here that saw the Znut, 
Ki aher lekala. What do I care if somebody else came and broke the rumor by marrying this lady and divorcing her? My Avi, what do I care if there's witnesses? You can't break the rumor. The fellow that the rumors were on cannot remain married to this lady. There was witnesses. Again, if there was witnesses, breaking the rumor is not going to help. It's nothing to do with a rumor. There's witnesses. And therefore it's going to be asura. That's right. Nothing to do with a rumor. You have witnesses. Elalav must be the case of the bride that's talking about. Delekaidim. Must be just talking about where there's no witnesses. Oh, so now we analyze. And the only reason why I let the guy get married is only because the room is considered broken when somebody else married in between. Meaning the lady was married to a fellow, the Oven. Rumors came out already that she was doing something with this guy, with Cloney. So the Oven got divorced. And she ended up marrying Shimon. She got divorced from Shimon. The deed of the bride is she can get married to Ploni. Why? Because by the fact that there was a marriage in between, there was no witnesses over here, therefore it's okay. Ah, so we make a diuk. Meaning, if there was no marriage in between, mafkinan. Which means if she went straight from the divorce to the oven, and now Ploni wanted to marry her, and married her, mafkinan. Even though there's no witnesses. So how could you learn the Mishnah, Rav, that is? That the case of the Mishnah that says, if Ploni married this lady, he has to be Motsihar. So he said, oh, because there's Edim. What are you talking for? This bride over here, Smashma. Even if there's no Edim, he still has to be Motsihar. You're going against the Bifirush bride. Amalecha Rav. Rav says, I have no problem. I can answer that Blaita. Who had deen the Afalgav the law ata acher ve'afseke lekala? Doesn't matter. Even if somebody didn't come in between to break the rumor, I still follow my rule. Iika edim mafkinan, ileka edim lo mafkinan. Which means I hold to my rule. If there's edim, Ploni has to be motzia. If there's no edim, he's not motzia. Now, so then what's the Brayta going over here talking about that if there's no, if there's somebody that comes in between, they could remain married. What about the implication that we made? So the Gemara says, "No, the Hachi Kamar." This is the Chiddush of the Brayta. The Afalgav de Ata Acher the Afsekele Kala. The even though somebody came in between and broke the rumor, meaning married this lady, lechatechila lo yichnos. Still, the Chiddush is Ploni lechatechila should not marry. But if he did, no problem. The Chiddush is a Chumrah in the Brayta to tell you that whether. Somebody came in between or not, if there's no witnesses, it doesn't matter. She can remain married. There's no witnesses. That the Brayta is agreeing to. Just exactly like Rav said. All the Brayta is coming to say is, that even if the rumor somewhat was broken in the sense that she was married to somebody in between, still, lo yichnos lechatechila. You still cannot marry this lady, lechatechila. So therefore at this point, Rav stands to his uh, opinion, and he explains the Brayta, that really, Davka with his Edim, but if there's no Edim, she's able to remain married to Peloni. Metive. So now the Gemara asks another question from another Brayta. When do we say this Deen, which Deen is that? The Deen that you have to be Motsi, Kishe'en Labanim. When do we say that 
if Ploni married this lady, that he has to be Motsi, that's when there was no children from the first husband. However, But if she had children already from the first husband, why? Because if you're going to be Motsiya from Ploni, now you're going to make the children suspicious that they were Mamzerim. So if there's no children, so there's no damage to any children having the Hashash of Mamzerut, let Ploni leave that lady. But if there's children already, keep everything status quo. If you married her, not to affect the children. So the Gemara says, But if there was Edim, I don't care. It doesn't matter how many children she has. That's it. Oh, so now, what do you see from this bright over here? The bright that clearly says, in a case where there's no children, I don't care even if there's no Edim. That's against Rav. Kosrav, you said what? Only in a case of Edim, like you learned the Mishnah, is Tetzeh. But you said what? If there's no Edim, no Tetzeh. But here you see a case of the Braita that says, even without Edim, if there's no children, Tetzeh. How do you learn this Braita? So you see, it's not about Edim anymore. You see, over even without Edim, it's possible what? Tetzeh. Rav, how do you learn this? So Kibbutz Rav said, I have no problem. Rav Mukila Lematnitin. You know how Rav will learn the Mishnah? Bishyesh Labanim, Vyesh Labadim. Very simple case. He'll learn the case like he learned. It's talking about, we'll say, where she had children. Oh, so normally we say, where she has children, she stays. No, but there was witnesses. So therefore, if there's witnesses and there's children, the Brayta would agree as well. Tetzeh. So therefore, Rav is still able to hold of this Brayta and make our Mishnah make sense. Which means he'll learn our Mishnah is a case where there was children. Oh, what do you mean? If there's children, then we said, No, but there's Edim. What's this Edim? We don't get children, no children. That's why the Din is Tetzeh. So the Gemara says, Why did he have to learn the case of the Mishnah? Of Tetzeh, where it's a case of Yesh Labanim and Yesh Laedim, Metamadika Edim Mafkinan, and then the whole logic is why, because there is witnesses, Ve'ileka Edim, and if there would no, be no witnesses, Lo Mafkinan, Lukme, you could have established it just as well, Beshe'en Labanim, where there was no children, Afalgav Deleka Edim. Because what's the rule if there's no children? When there's no children also, the deen is what, according to the Brayta, Yotzi. So the Gavrajah asks a technical question. Rav, you had two ways of learning the Mishnah, basically, based on this Brayta. You could have learned the Mishnah like you did. Yesh Labanim, Yesh Laedim. And therefore, the Hidush is that the Edim over here are causing the problem, and therefore, Tutsi. But you could have said a different case the Mishnah is talking about. Maybe we talk about a case of in Labanim and in Edim. And the bright holds in that case as well, Yotzi, because there's no Hashash of Mamzerut. And therefore, even though there's no Edim, doesn't matter. How can we learn the case like that? So he says, Amar Matnitin Kashite. says that he had a problem with the language of the Mishnah. My Detani Hotsi'uha. The language of the Mishnah was regarding the first, the husband, the Uven that was married to this lady. What does it say after the rumors came out? Hotsi'uha. They removed her from her husband. Litni Hotsi'ah. Why didn't it just say he divorced her? 
אלא כל הוציאוה בבטין. הוציאוה means they removed her, they forced the divorce. ובטין בעדים הוא דמאפקה. בטין is only מפקה when there's עדים. And different from the משנה, it's משמה. That we're talking about the case with this עדים. So that's why he was מוקים the משנה בעדים ובבנים. But really, what the Gemara is really going according to this line of reasoning, Rav agrees with the Brayto. We don't want to put Rav at odds with these Brayto. And really what we did here, Rav answered both Brayto. The first Brayto, which was, was there were Mashma'ut, that without Edim, even so it's a problem. He said, no, that's not the point of the Brayto. The point of the Brayto is, the first Brayto is, when somebody else married in between, the Hiddush is that still she should not get married. But since there's no Edim, if he got married, no problem. I, the second Vraita that talked about if there was children, so then already, even if there's no Edim, Yotzi, Rav will agree to that. He'll just say that our case of the Mishnah is talking about where there was children. The Vraita said where there was no children, Yotzi. Because no children, uh, you have a problem, uh, no problem of Mamzerut. So you'll see, even without Edim. So that will say, I agree with that, Brayta. All I'm saying is, Al Mishnah was talking about Edim with Banim. And therefore, when you have Edim, so therefore, Vadai, you have to be Motsi. I don't care about the Mamzerut issue of it. There's Edim, there's nothing to talk about. And why was he forced to learn the Mishnah like that? Because of the Diuk that he made from the Lashon, Hotsi Uha. It's a case where Bittin told the first man he has to get out. It's only talking about a case of Edim. So therefore, Rav, Rav was able to square off the Brayton. Now the Gemara says, I can give an alternate interpretation. I'm not interested in these Brayton over here. These brightot that we quoted above are not following the opinion of Rav. Rav really holds Dafka Be'edim. If you don't have Edim, I don't care what the case is. If you don't have Edim, Lo Yotzi. These brightot that are Mashma, even without Edim, Yotzi, it's following the B's opinion. Where do you see the B's opinion? The Tanya, Rochel Yotze. The cases of circumstantial evidence cases. You have a peddler, let's say you see coming out of a lady's house. Peddler selling besamim. So the besamim peddler comes out of the lady's house. The isha hogeret besinar. The husband walks in and sees his wife tying her undergarment. And therefore, the guy just walked out and now he sees the wife. So hogeret besinar. Amar bi ho ilu mechuara davar teseh. Finish. Since this is already mechuar, it's disgusting. Meaning, it's already evidence that something went on, even though there's no witnesses. So you see, what is the behold? Even without witnesses, tetzeh. Already, we don't let this uh, people. They don't let them stay together. And certainly, we're not going to let him go with the boer. Which means, if we're going to say tetzeh to the husband, we're not going to allow him to go with the boer. Similarly, rok minakila. Let's say they were lying together, this Rochel, I guess the assumption is, when the husband walks in, he sees the Rochel walking out, and he sees spit on top of the canopy. So that assumes that there were people on the bed, 
And the lady, when she was lying on her back, spit. And the spit hit the top of the canopy. And she was lying on the bed. The Rochel just walked out. So he says, This is Mechoar. There's something going on here. Even though there's no witnesses. And therefore, certainly not only Tetzeh, but would be forbidden to the Bo'el as well. Similarly, at this point the Gemara is thinking it's talking about let's say you see the peddler left his shoes under the bed but he turned them upside down it seems he turned them upside down because he thought they'd be less conspicuous maybe they blend in with the ground so now he walks in and he sees there's uh, shoes turned upside down of the uh, somebody as Gemara says, Again, the same point. Since no witnesses here again. So therefore, let's go back for a second. All those Braito that said you don't need witnesses, and the Deen is Tetzeh, could be following the B. That the B just holds on the rumor already. You have to uh, be Tetzeh from the husband, and she's Asura, the Boel. So that's really Rabbi Shita. Rav argues. Rav says we don't go with the rumor. We go with the Edim. Yes, Edim, then already Tetzeh. In Edim, all of his rumors, again, Lo But if he was Kones, he can uh, stay. So therefore, we're answering up two ways. The first way, we try to square off Rav to enter, answer up with the Braitot. And the second answer was saying, you know what? Leave the bright, don't answer up the bright thought. The bright thought are as they are mashma. Meaning the bright thought are mashma without a deem. Who's that going like the bee? Because you see ready the bee says, without even one, it's just not a rumor. Tetzeh. Comes the Gibran says, Min'alayim hafuhim. It's going back to that one case. Guy sees shoes turned upside down under the bed. Lihsi demaninu. It's not circumstantial anymore. Meaning, let him go find out whose shoes these are. This is this, 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 uh, clear evidence. Which means he just sees the imprint of the upside down shoes. Which means the peddler came in, turned his shoes upside down. Let's say to keep them inconspicuous. Before he left, he took them. So the husband comes all this under the bed. He sees an imprint where two shoes must have been. So therefore, he took it right side up. He took, he took, no, not right, sorry. He, he, the, the peddler just went in. The peddler went in, kept his shoes upside down to keep the inconspicuous. Because if so, they were right side up, they, you'd see the footprint. I, I don't know that if that's the reason, good. but bottom line, he took, he took these shoes with him. And when the guy came in, he saw the footprints on the ground. Comes the Gibbonan, concludes. Halakha follows Rav and Halakha follows Rabbi. Kemara says, how could that be? Kasha ilcheta ilcheta. These are contradictory halakhot. In the sense, Rabbi holds no witnesses, just on a rumor. The deen is what? Tetzeh from the Baal, Tetzeh from the Boel. They cannot even marry the Boel. And then you tell me what? Halakha kerav. Dafka with witnesses. So how could you have both? Uh, she thought they diametrically opposed to each other. One said Dafka only witnesses, and I don't care about uh, anything else. 
And once said, no, I even go on the rumor. So comes the Gemara and says, look at that she. Vilcheta kevate de rav. De amar in mahasikin kala ila be'idim. You don't go with the rumor according to rav. Rumor means nothing to him. You just go with witnesses. Whereas the B even goes with the rumor alone without witnesses. So the Gemara says, la kasha. No question. Ha bekala de pasik. Ha bekala de lo pasik. It depends what type of rumor. There's two type of rumors. There's a rumor de pasik that ends. Meaning for a day or so the rumors, the talk is happening, it, it dies down. And there's another type of rumor de lo pasik. It just keeps on, keeps on going. So the Gemara says. Kala de lo pasik. On a rumor that is not refuted, meaning it keeps on going. And there's no witnesses. Then we're going to be mahmir like Rabbi. Which means, again, even though we're going to Rav, I don't care what type of rumor it is. I don't care if it's a rumor that doesn't end. Going to Rabbi, going to Rav, I mean, nothing. However, when it comes to an unending rumor, we're going to be mahmir like Rabbi and say, even though there's no witnesses, meaning the husband has to leave such a lady, and of course, nothing to the bo'il. However, kalad de pasik kirav. However, on a rumor that is stops, for example, was refuted, which means it's not an unending rumor, it's an end, the rumor comes to an end, and there's witnesses, then already will go like Rav. But again, only because there's witnesses. Which is according to Rabbi, I don't need witnesses. He goes with rumors. I don't care if it's an ending rumor or non-ending rumor. And therefore, in this, according to Rabbi, you wouldn't need witnesses in this case. Bottom line is a rumor. He doesn't make a haluk between kalad de pasik, kalad de pasik. But we're going to say, in a kalad de pasik, we're not going to be mahmir like Rabbi. We're going to go like Rab, the davka, Witnesses, and then we'll say Yotzim is there, So we're making like a compromise. It's not a stira. We know they were extreme in their opinions. We're saying on a rumor that's unending, then I'm going to be mahmir. I don't care if there's witnesses. Take the take the bee's opinion. Asura. However, in kala de pasik, then I'm going to go like Rav Davka when there is Adim. Baruch Adonai Amen. Ve'amen.